0: Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 474.
1: This week on the podcast, Joe the Plumber, the 2008 political symbol celebrated for his misunderstanding of tax laws, is dead at 49. He leaves behind a fully broken political system.
0: Plus, the Trump trial calendar is getting competitive.
1: And Nikki Haley makes a stratospheric rise to fifth place and a higher single-digit number in the post-GOP debate polls.
0: Plus, it's finally time to find out which 10 and only 10 drugs won't send you into bankruptcy. Maybe.
1: And air travel is dangerous enough without being in Putin's crosshairs.
0: We'll have all this and more.
1: This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent.
0: I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. Whew, it's hot today, friends. much too hot. (sighs) We had a brief reprieve after the hurricane...
1: Yeah, the the earthquake, right? Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> um, and then, but this week it's been a nightmare. It's also there's like hurricanes coming to the East Coast. It's been hot in the Midwest. Like the Midwest no,
1: is so hot. Yeah,
0: it's nobody's winning right oh, now. And God. also, have you noticed that like a lot of states seem to have moved up their school start to much earlier than it used to be? Yes.
1: We always like, start it after Labor Day.
0: Yes. And in New York City, they still start after Labor Day. Why? Because it's really fucking hot in New York City in August. Oh, yeah. The schools are not designed to be used in August. And somehow Chicago, which has a similar problem, yeah. has started school like weeks ago. And now they're no. all having to go to school in 100 degree weather. So this doesn't make any sense.
1: It doesn't make any sense.
0: I don't approve of any of it. Like you already,
1: if you're in Chicago and presumably in New York, having to miss a bunch of days in the winter because it's too cold. That's right. So like don't put yourself in a scenario where you're having to miss a bunch at the beginning because it's also too
0: hot. It also it seems crazy because it's like you are going to be in school in the winter. So you know already that the cold days are, you know, there's right, going to be happen. potentially snow days. There's going to be maybe even hurricane days in the fall. Say, like, we don't know what maybe the Maybe weather... Chicago's
1: going to get a hurricane. Exactly. Anytime, sometimes. I, I would later. not you know, put it
0: past a hurricane to fly oh off the coast God. and wind up in Chicago at this point. It seems like, I mean, the only, I said to Brent during the hurricane, I was like, is this your first hurricane? And he had to think about it for a second, because, you know, obviously he's had storms in his life. before. Storms. But yeah. there are not hurricanes in the Midwest because they're not oceans in the Midwest. No. But I would say that that might be about to change. Nobody knows know. what's going to happen now.
1: Trump thinks we might have one in Las Vegas pretty soon. That's right. I, remember when he was <laughs> contemplating the ocean, having the, the ocean, ocean move to Las, the Vegas. Las Vegas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it seems like anything's possible these days. The Midwest might be next on the hurricane horizon, <laughs> and if that's the case, then <sighs> they're going to lose days there too. But now Seriously. it's like, don't go to school when it's too hot is the yeah. bigger point. Also, we got some shocking news. Oh today. my gosh! This is breaking news. Breaking. I mean, it won't be breaking by the time you hear the podcast, but it's breaking to us right well, now. It
1: might be because who cares?
0: <laughs> that's also so fair. Um, Joe the plumber. Joe the plumber. Dead.
1: He's a dead person. He's
0: <laughs> a dead person. Oh my and he gosh. at forty nine, he's not that old. No, he had pancreatic
1: um, cancer, and that's not it's not the a good kind.
0: For. No, it's not one of the good kinds of Ugh. cancer. Unlike all the great uh, kinds uh, that you can get. No. Um. Yeah, I mean. It feels like he should have been older because 2008 feels like several lifetimes ago. was so ago. long ago. And then that was the year he rose to prominence. <laughs> to, as,
1: rose to <laughs> prominence, that's right.
0: As um, a man who... The,
1: the leader of the free world, the leader, almost.
0: Almost the leader of the free world, a man who became famous for not quite understanding tax rates. And Well, <laughs> come
1: on. <laughs> what do you want, Brendan?
0: Um... He, He's a plumber,
1: except he wasn't.
0: He wasn't also a plumber. <laughs> it turned out that everything we thought we knew about Joe the plumber um, was a lie. or un- yeah. and, and Not a lie, but just a, an exaggeration of yeah. the truth. Um, he confronted Obama in a viral TV moment about small business tax rates uh-huh. with a convoluted question that wasn't really appropriate to an understanding of how right. tax rates or anything work. Um, and and then, then
1: maybe later also voted for him. We don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly. The, the the greatest part about Joe the Plumber is that he never told us who he voted for in that election and now never will because right. his wife was asked after his passing whether she would reveal and she said, let's still keep that private. Ooh. And he was somebody who made appearances with Palin and oh, like all, yeah. I mean, he was palling around with all these guys. He was. Um And sort of made it seem like he was definitely a McCain supporter until he made it seem like he definitely might not have been, and then he kind of made it seem like he would never tell us what had actually happened. Mm. And I love that for him. I do, too. I feel like, especially now that we'll never know, it's going to be, like, this is something that will remain shrouded in mystery for all of That's time.
1: Right. We'll be talking about it until the end of days. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> and I feel like what better way to become a random guy who's literally known as an everyman is given the moniker Joe the Plumber. Right. When you're not even a plumber.
1: I mean, better be called Joe the Plumber than Joseph Wurzelbacher. That's true. His, that was his, actual, his name.
0: actual last name is too hard to say, and yeah. that's why Joe the Plumber is what he became known as. <laughs> um, but yeah, so an iconic moment in American political <clears throat> history over. We will never get another weird campaign era appearance from Joe the Plumber ever no, again.
1: We won't. There and will be many more Joe the Plumbers,
0: though. There, and also there. At this point, there are too many candidates running for president. Usually, it's like we don't need a Joe the Plumber. I Didn't he? Did he run for anything? Did he talk about running he for something? He talked about running for maybe it was for Senate or for Congress something. at one yeah, point. I feel he like did we had try to, to deal to
1: with spin that this at into some political
0: point. ambitions yeah, at one did. point. It turned out that his understanding of the issues was unsurprisingly not
1: yeah. um as it was thin. It was thin.
0: thin. <laughs> it was thin. Um, so uh, goodbye to Joe the plumber.
1: We hardly
0: knew you. We hardly knew you, and you were always just a symbolic figurehead in a movement oh. that was premised on people not understanding the tax rates. So too bad.
1: Oh, boy. But that
0: moment is over, and now we have people whose understanding of tax rates is, I think, even more harmful somehow?
1: <laughs> Probably. Um, um, we have a mugshot for one we, of those people. We have a Donald mugshot from. for one
0: of those people. And that's really, I think, the major thing that you need to take away from this podcast and this week in news.
1: Yeah. We talked a lot about... Mugshots in our post-debate. Right. Uh, because we got them on the same day. What a day that was.
0: That was quite Friends. a day. Yeah, uh,
1: But we got Trump's the next day. We prepared you for it.
0: Right. Um, we speculated quite a bit right, about what route he would go. Would he go the Jenna Ellis route of looking like he was ready to, yeah. he was attending a party. Right. Or would he go one of the, sort of like the Cheeseboro route of like kind of a confusing grimace. Uh-huh. And he chose the latter.
1: Yeah. He, he went... He'd obviously practiced. Obviously, he knew they had the merch out. You know, days later, they knew it's, that they were going to fundraise off it. I think they made like seven million dollars the next day between course. like donations and and merch. So right. like, he'd been in the mirror for days. Not only prior had to he that.
0: practiced it, but there was a fake mugshot that circulated That's right before the real, real one, story. and it's identical to the real one. I know
1: because Lila, you sent it to Grant and I, and then. <laughs> We, at some point, the entirety of the internet realized it was fake. And everybody was like, damn it, that one was so good. And then the real one came and we were like, oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, almost identical, if not a little crazier than the fake one. Yeah, no, I think I so think too. that the yeah. fake one was the furthest that our imagination as non-Trump people could stretch. Yeah. Like, somebody made it thinking this would be ridiculous. Yeah. And he was like, I will do you one better. Yeah.
1: But he, I mean, he definitely practiced. Have you seen the, um, yes. All of the, like, comparisons to all of the, um, the, the Kubrick stare.
0: <laughs> no, know? I have Because that's,
1: like, a classic thing that sort yes. of, like, he perfected, where it's just sort of, like, you're looking up from your eyes while mm-hmm. your head is, like, looking down because it sort of, like, allows you to look super evil. Like, mm-hmm. that's the that's the Oh, look. it's an evil look. It's an evil look, yeah.
0: I mean, he but, looks like a criminal, which right. is convenient because it's a mugshot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um,
0: yeah. We learned, but he went for it. He went for it. We learned his fake weight. We learned his oh fake hair color. Right,
1: we've been learning a lot about like what professional athletes are 6'3 and two hundred fifteen pounds okay. lately, yeah. and they not not a one of them surprising has, looks, has like the body shape
0: of Donald Trump. <laughs> no, uh-uh. um, and then we all like the, the the vanity of writing your hair color as strawberry blonde <laughs> is so hilarious to me. I know. I just like that because listen. Blonde is like a classic hair color people have. Yeah. Bra- brown is a classic hair Black, yeah. uh, all classic hair colors people might have. Red, a classic hair color you right. could have. Strawberry blonde is somebody who's aspirationally a redhead, but not. Yeah, right. You, that's, some, that's something that you have to say knowing it's not true.
1: Right, well, and it's also just like such a choice to do something so specific because it's also like he didn't, you know, he didn't mark his... Race as white slash orange, right? You know, <laughs> exactly. which, which is the right answer, but like he could it's, have just he sh- could have just gone with blonde.
0: Have you seen some of the comparisons to his skin tone in that photo and inanimate objects that are the color actual orange? Because that is another thing that's been on the internet that he is a color of tan that's not right yeah. for humans no. in that photo, Mm-mm. and it's not a trick of lighting.
1: No, because we, told we saw you before, everyone which, else's right. skin he tone. He did get. He did get the best photog, I think.
0: He did. I I feel like they. Because he wasn't their blown game. out.
1: He wasn't. Yeah. I yeah. Think he they wasn't they at whatever somebody... station
0: has the blown out photographer. Yeah.
1: Right. They had the guy who actually knows how to work the camera. Yeah. On. on you a can still see
0: the kind of like ring light reflection in his hair.
1: Oh, yeah, it's not a great photograph. I was
0: worried but... for him, not for me, that um, the ring light reflection would make clear that he's bald. Oh, yeah. And so no, I was it. like, how is he going to deal All with that
1: this? All that real hair of his. All
0: that, that cloud of hair really did reflect the ring yeah. light in such a way that you can't see his scalp, which I think is nice for him. <laughs> I think he would have been really disappointed had that not been the case. And we would have heard about it. So yeah. um, I'm happy that that's a non-issue. I, there's been a, I've heard repeated comparisons for this photo to the blue and white dress drama, where it's like, oh. To Republicans, it's like a great photo and oh, everyone sure. Democrats yeah. are like, this will show him. Well, that guy in Fox but, News
1: said that he looked good and looked hard.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, Brent. He assured us repeatedly that he's never he said only had a heterosexual super,
1: heterosexual. Right, unblemished.
0: Unblemished yeah. record of heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Fox News is like losing their shit a little bit oh, about yeah. this photo it's in so a good. way that does call into question their unblemished <laughs> records of heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so, like, there does seem to be, like, an attempt to kind of, like, make this an iconic photo. Oh, for sure. That feels a little forced.
1: It probably will be. Let's face it.
0: It will be. It's already being
1: tattooed on people, also. Of
0: course. But, like, that's the kind of thing those Trump people would do. I feel like the attempt to take this photo and make it iconic is, like, kind of a what else are you going to do if you're in the Trump movement? Whoa, it's right. a forced say, thing. Yeah. You have to pretend it's the greatest photo. Right, it's exactly. a real emperor has no clothes kind of moment. 100%. Because it is very right. obviously a photo in which a man who is being charged with multiple crimes looks yeah. like a criminal. Well,
1: and didn't when he tweeted it out... Oh, he's back on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, didn't he say something... X, was it, sorry, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, X. X. Wasn't it like... Um, didn't he say something like never surrender? Mm-hmm. Which was the... Which was a picture of him surrendering.
0: That's right. <laughs> so Yeah, the irony really had layers of to, upon layers. Yeah, you of,
1: really had to, you got to do a lot of mental gymnastics to get yourself to a point where like that picture is like yeah. super cool.
0: But <laughs> mental gymnastics is who they are. What they do. It's what they do. Yeah. What they do. Mm-hmm. And it is what they do as a, probably a minority even within the Republican Party, ultimately. Yeah. I think that, I, like I said, this is part of a longer narrative arc. That, right. you know, positions him as, like, you have to both, like, intellectually and emotionally accept that he's a criminal. And, like, yes. this imagery will help you do that, even if you're claiming repeatedly that it's an iconic photo of a hero. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, you still, in your mind, will yeah. be like, but is it also a mugshot? Is this yes. what criminals do? Like, yeah. so I, I whatever is coming out of people's mouths right now, I'm, like, not taking that seriously. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, we got... And we have the date for his arraignment. We're we getting,
1: yeah, we got arraignment. We, and we and have nothing trial but date date dates.
0: In, it's Calendar City over here. <laughs> He's going to be arraigned in Georgia on September sixth, yeah. which is coming right up. It's next yep. Wednesday. I can't wait. Yep. Um But we also have a ton of new trial date info. Yeah. We got today the trial date for his January sixth case.
1: Right, the Jack Smith.
0: The uh, Jack Smith. The, right, Justice uh, Department. Yeah. And. That case is going to be stealing a date that Fonnie Willis had floated for the Georgia case, which is March 4th, 2024. Yep. For those following, that's the day before Super Tuesday.
1: Yeah, um, Super Tuesday.
0: Yeah, right. Super and Tuesday. It's
1: yeah. also it's the day before Super Tuesday and two years before the day that Trump wanted it to be.
0: Correct. <laughs> right. He wanted it they to be in 2026. He had requested this trial be pushed back by <laughs> years.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So it's really the worst of all possible outcomes for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other cases abounding. The, the, the calendar has gotten quite, uh, quite yeah. busy. So we, do, we know that the New York fraudulent documents case, the Bragg case, is starting on March 24th, yep. 2024. So only 20 days after the January 6th case. The Florida classified documents case is starting May 20th, 2024. Mm-hmm. So just a couple months later, we'll be diving into the Florida case. And this is actually, I think, kind of a, a bad order for him Because I feel like the judge we're most worried about is the Florida judge. And the facts of that case are going to be insane and silly. So it will be like a notable case. But this means that a lot of the cases where he is like most certainly like going to seem guilty. I won't speculate on their outcomes. But (laughs) is going to seem the most guilty and has committed the... Both the worst crimes and also has the people who are most sort of dedicated to his downfall behind yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. trying the case. Um, those are all going to happen before the Florida case. So even if the Florida case goes easy on him, it's going to be like fourth of a number of right. cases where he's going to be super guilty seeming. So Could
1: be in prison at that point. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but Because the, there's also the civil cases. So right, the Tish James Trump board case is going to be starting October 2nd. So that's coming up. Yep. The Eugene Carroll new defamation case. Is <laughs> I just
1: love that there's a sec- there's, there's another Eugene Carroll case. There's a second one of those based on the first one. I know, right? Because it's, it's main sort of like he just defamed her a second time after. It- after Being, already
0: having to pay out for the first for defamation. The He's such an idiot. So that's starting January 15th. And then we also have a federal class action lawsuit accusing Trump of promoting a pyramid scheme. That begins January 29th. So we have three civil cases and two criminal cases, or uh, three criminal cases, date set, and then Georgia's about to break. Yeah. So Fannie Willis, as we said, initially proposes March 4th as the start date for the Georgia election case. Um, but then Cheeseborough, kind of Cheeseboro, um demanded a speedy trial. And then um, uh, Sidney Powell Powell also also. filed for a speedy trial. And so that request was granted. And we know at least Cheeseboro's trial will begin on October 23rd of this year. And it looks like Sidney Powell will probably be added to that file. Because with RICO charges, as I've learned as an expert in RICO laws, Mm -hmm. um, you want to charge everyone at once because you want to build a story that it was like a criminal enterprise. Yeah. So I, I kind of wonder how many defendants are going to end up, It you know, it seems like yeah. it might be risky because it might mean that Fonnie Willis doesn't get to try all 19 of them at once, which would be ideal. Um, yeah. And it has some upsides and downsides for everyone, so I'm not really sure what the like yeah, strategy I, I is here. Yeah, I feel here. like
1: the, what I had heard was that most of the time, the reason that you would do that in a case like this, and granted there's never been a case like this necessarily, but like in something as sort of like wide-ranging as this, is that you think there's an off chance that perhaps the prosecution isn't actually ready to go to trial at that point. I just don't get that sense, especially based on how buttoned up they have been. They've obviously been investigating this for some time, they've obviously recently presented it to a grand jury, which took, you know, seconds to decide right. that they wanted to move forward with basically every count that was presented to them. Yeah. I, I just, and, and also, like, it was this also is a very... This not a bluff
0: I would be calling. No, I was
1: going to say, it was a very, obviously, you know, thorough document that was, yeah. uh, you know... To the we, extent that the, it lays the, out cases for
0: other states if they want to right. pursue charges. exactly.
1: I, I just, I can't imagine there's a world where you're going to catch her with her pants down. No. That just doesn't seem like... No. The other thing that I've heard is that potentially it's like a setup for trump to sort of like be they're gonna obviously have to present their case here right right so like at that point trump knows what evidence is going to be presented because they're all being charged with the same sort of like rico you know criminal enterprise so it could be that you know did they literally decide to to do it for him do they really just want it over with i think it's sort of like there's a chance it's kind of like a little canary in a coal mine situation could be schemey too could be schemey yeah um
0: there's well, there's like a few ways in which I feel like it could be schemey. It could be designed to create a, an argument for um, basically tossing out every juror in the country of America. Totally. Because
1: <laughs> yep. depending
0: on what happens in those early trials, not only has you know is the prosecution having to sort of tip their hand regarding legal arguments, but the trial is going to be televised. It means that they could be arguing that. You know, everyone has been biased by the the first trial. And you know uh, yeah. what Trump's people love doing is appealing. So it creates a grounds for yeah, them to yeah, just yeah. like appeal everything forever and totally. to kind of push this case back. Yeah. That's why I think it's interesting that so many of these cases are happening so quickly and right at the same time because I don't know that that's really to their benefit if he's going to be in court already for like one billion other things. Yeah. Like the, I think they're not the the danger with the georgia cases is that they're televised so i think you know them trying to kind of like create a diversion early on on tv could affect how the other cases go i guess maybe Maybe. that would be the logic yeah maybe um but there's also the possibility that these people who are um uh volunteering to go early if you will are looking for an opportunity to flip
1: A hundred percent. So we don't
0: know what way, like we, it's hard to know who is and is not loyal in Trump world. I think, I think they would like you to believe they're all loyal, but actually no one is loyal in Trump world. Um, And so there is also a possibility that Powell and Cheeseborough are just looking to get a deal. Yeah. And that would also be a reasonable chance for, you know, for them to go and kind of like use their cases to present that they have valuable information that they could then use to make a deal in exchange for testifying against Trump later. So there's a lot of opportunities. Also, Mark Meadows and a few of the less famous uh, (laughs) uh, co-conspirators are trying to get their cases moved to federal court, claiming that these things happen under their federal responsibilities. And so he had a trial or a hearing today um, and had to testify at that hearing, and but also Fannie Willis uh, subpoenaed uh, Brad Rasmussen <laughs> for this trial. So we'll see what happens in, with that request. I, I feel like he's just trying to do something to get himself out of because he will flip.
1: He, so well, like, he already he, he already, already did has, in a federal that's case. Why, that's the literally the only reason that he wasn't charged in the Jack Smith January exactly. 16th. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I feel like getting him moved to a federal case is. He's already cooperated with federal authorities. So, like, I don't know what his also, it's game a, is here it's right
1: a, now. I feel like it's going to be a hard sell, too, right? Because, the, I, I mean, the, so. the crimes are
0: They're state very crime. clearly
1: state crimes. They were trying to overturn a, you know, a, a state election, which is run by the state. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would also, like, I think that if he claims, that if they move it to federal court, it will mean maybe that he's, like, immune to state charges, which would, I, that would be a terrible precedent for them to set in this case. Yeah. That anyone who was working for the federal government. But I don't know government.
1: why he just doesn't call up Fonnie Willis and be like, Hey. I'll tell you
0: anything.
1: <laughs> what do you want to know? What do you want to know? Right. I'm
0: happy to say whatever. Yeah. Like that's I, if I am them, Georgia, yeah. I'm like, a screw this guy, but B we already know he's a flipper. Totally. So let's not give him any. Let's not give anything because yeah. we know he'll flip regardless. <laughs> right. You don't have to worry. I mean, yeah. obviously I'm not a lawyer or a prosecutor, so I wouldn't necessarily uh, know how and when to expect his flip but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know either.
0: I expect it to be coming up. Yeah, same. Um, And then as far as what all of the excitement around Trump's mugshot means for the outcome of the Republican debate that we carefully watched for you last Wednesday, I uh, would contend it knocked it right out of the news cycle as expected.
1: It really did. I mean, I think people sort of like have continued to talk about it, but I don't know that... You know, interestingly, we're going to get into some some specific polling here, but like the post-debate polling seems like maybe it wasn't the best plan of his to not go.
0: No. right. And that
1: doesn't really surprise me because it's sort of in the same way that I said that I hate that the Democrats aren't doing their own debates because like you don't get a chance to push back on any of the nonsense that's going on in the Republican debates. Obviously, Trump not being there, doesn't get a chance to push back about any of the things. You know, he doesn't get to defend himself against Chris, Chris, Chris right. Christie or Mike Pence or whoever it is that you know is, is um, Asa Hutchinson. Not that anybody needs to defend themselves against Asa Hutchinson, but <laughs> and his um, gray
0: nose. <laughs>
1: right. Um, so I don't know. It's I think he did not sort of end the the debate conversation to a degree anyway by the mugshot the next day. But like, I don't know that it was super smart of him to not show up. No.
0: Also. I think that the debate in a lot of ways ended up being awash because the person who the media class seemed to think was the victor was Nikki Haley, a person who didn't, wasn't going to gain anything politically out no. of that debate.
1: And she did get like a little bit of a jump, but she got like but a jump from like 2% to 7%. Exactly. You know? like it's not <laughs> it's like a real
0: jump. It's not meaningful.
1: No.
0: Um, and it's not like at this stage, no one starts a slow rise to the top. Like, she, you're still so early that even if you start rising, you have time to fall before the yeah. election actually comes. Yeah. So like, there was a lot of, you know, there were a lot of clips of her that kind of circulated on the internet, I think because she was she said some things that were exciting for Democrats, largely. Sure. Um, but I don't like she she seemed like a person like the only person to me who like, made an impression at that debate is Vivek Ramaswamy and the impression that he made is that he's annoying. <laughs> Right. So, like everyone else, it was just sort of like a yeah. wash for. I feel like.
1: Yeah. You want to know who specifically thinks Vivek Ramaswamy is annoying? Thankfully, <laughs> Eminem. That's <Yeah>. who.
0: <laughs> he uh, reached out to the his to his music licensor BMI and asked the Ramaswamy campaign asked them that they remove the Ramaswamy campaign from any licensing of his music because Vivek Ramaswamy yeah. has been rapping. Uh, yeah.
1: Lose yourself. Lose right? yourself. Yeah. yeah. So Vivek is going to have to. That's right. Get some new material.
0: My favorite, my favorite sentence that's maybe ever been written in a um, in an article about a political figure is, Ramaswamy had performed libertarian-themed raps under the stage name Devek during his undergraduate years at Harvard University. <laughs> I don't. That whole what? sentence is just like such a problem. What does that
1: mean? Libertarian-themed raps. raps. Was he writing them himself? from Harvard?
0: Get out of here! Oh God, just so it's awful. The most horrifying. It's horrible. It's everything that I think about Harvard in one <laughs> sentence. Right. Like, yep. the worst.
1: Um, hilariously, pretty much everyone on the debate stage has qualified for the second debate. <laughs> amazing. Because An amazing they, twist. Except Asa Hutchinson, which nobody needs him anyway. But, like, I, I think that, like, they, they upped the... Um, the qualifications needed to hit it like you now have to get three percent in two national polls or three percent in one national poll and three percent in polls of two different early state primaries and now you have to get 50,000 donors you still have to have the unique 200 donors in 20 right. different states but like i think the previous what was it 20 or 30,000 40 or it was a, no 20,000
0: wasn't it yeah yeah
1: maybe uh, 40,000 yeah. no it was 40,000 yeah, 40, yeah you're right so now it's 50,000 so like every single one of them Except for Hutchinson, who's like met none of them, and then <laughs> Bergam, I think, really only needs one more. I think national poll because he has the Iowa and the New Hampshire because he's right. been spending a lot of money there. So he Is needs
0: he get a see, national that's poll. What, that's
1: that's I, what I don't know. But also, know. what's different about the debate if he doesn't show up? hundred percent. But he certainly didn't. Um, he certainly didn't do anything in that debate that would make anybody be like. That's my guy. No, <laughs> so he I, had I don't, very
0: impressive eyebrows.
1: Maybe he'll figure out some look. You know, I mean, he got into the first one on you know a bit of a sh- sham, potentially illegal ploy that That's he right. cooked up. So maybe he's got something else in his back That's pocket, true. right?
0: I hadn't thought about his scheming. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's, he'll, he'll scheme he'll his, his way, his way, way in. Scheming,
1: yeah, yeah. But I think it's hilarious that we're like trying to win this field, and like I guess technically you got rid of two of the eight, but like those were already. Like, the two that everybody was like, how are these people there anyway? You're not going to be the president, sir. (laughs) Please leave. So.
0: I feel like, to me, in retrospect, the um, biggest sort of, like, extra person on stage at that debate was actually Tim Scott. Can you? Oh yeah, he's right. like a I person forgot. who's like a real politician with a you know he's like a real political figure and he had a lot of buzz behind him at yeah, one time. I forgot he was there. I I routine like Pete like I have forgotten at least I've been trying to name the eight to people. Oh yeah, and he I keep forgetting, forgetting. him. Yeah, he didn't say anything.
1: No, that I really can
0: didn't. recall. And the only fact I have in my head about his campaign is that it's like a fraud fraudulent. Oh you yeah, know, right. he's, like running Just a, a front for like fraud fraudulent shell companies. Yeah. So like that to me like he's. One of the people that's polling pretty well, all told, and yep. like I can't even remember he was there. So I like, know. there's it's other quiet. that we could shave off more. Yeah, I would say if yeah <laughs> if we if we got down I, to it.
1: I agree. Let's get into this poll because yes. this is um, an Emerson poll. It's a good poll. They've been polling this race, you know, regularly, and they have some good pre. Debate polling that I think was one of the polls that was actually used for people to be able to, you know Get into the debate and then now we have one that has been taken in the days after So this is really sort of like the first big one that we're gonna trust in terms of like what happened And they pulled some specific things about the debate. Also, right. They've pulled the race broadly, but then they, they did some specific polling so interestingly about in regards to the debate specifically 27%, which is a plurality, think that Ramaswamy won the debate. Of Republican which, but, primary voters. Uh, 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 right, this, these are Republicans, yeah. right, yeah. 21% think DeSantis won, 12 <laughs> 12% think Pence won, Can't and 11% think Haley won, which is I'm, interesting considering we're supposed to believe I'm, that it was Haley Nikki Haley one. that won, yeah. right. But that's, um, the media that, class
0: thinks that because she presented arguments in a way that wasn't like your annoying little brother.
1: Right, exactly, yes. Um, and this is, I found this poll interesting. They, they, when, left they the when they, when they, they polled who you would vote for. So that, that last poll was literally just who won the debate, debate right. only. Then they polled um, as if who you would vote for if those were the candidates. So, i.e., no Trump in there. They basically, right. like, who would you vote for if it was those eight bozos? And you got, um, and interestingly, it was 30% DeSantis. <laughs> 25% Ramaswamy, 16 pence, 12 Haley, 8 Christy, 5 Scott, 3 Hutchinson, 3 Burnham. But I thought it was interesting that people thought that almost 30% thought that Ramaswamy won the debate. But then when you asked them who they were going to vote for, yeah. it was 30% DeSantis. It was like it flipped the DeSantis and the Ramaswamy
0: numbers. Yeah. I, that makes sense to me. It does to me too. It was, Ra- it's weird, Ramaswamy? but it's, it, does, it makes just sense. some guy. Guess, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but then interestingly, so then just the poll of the race, including... Trump, there were, look, Trump is still beating everybody by a million points, which is the main problem for everybody that they're having, is that they're losing badly. That's right. But there was some movement, and there was some movement at the top with Trump, too, where he got 50%, which is hilarious that that's low for him. But in this Emerson poll, that is by far the lowest that he's he's been been pulling. He's been up into the 60s at points off and on. That's way
0: down from his So,
1: like, that is, you know, I think has to be. I don't know if alarm bells are right, but, like, I think he has to start thinking about whether he wants to go to the second one or not.
0: Yeah. I, I uh, think alarm bells are right. If you're planning to dominate a field and then you just, like, you already have all these legal issues that you're contending with, and then, you know, right. to have everyone sort And you're going to let eight
1: like, people just, like, shit on you the entire night. I right. mean, all of them didn't do that, unfortunately, but, I mean, some, enough, yeah, of but enough of them Yeah, but enough
0: of them did, right. and the, your lack of presence makes it impossible for you to kind of, like, defend yourself, even via just, like, charisma, yeah. Like exactly. his presence is more is, is very charismatic. Yeah. It would have dominated the debate. And instead yeah. he had this like weird kid who was like touting conspiracy theories <laughs> right. and like cheesy lines about anti wokeness, and that's who's like out here winning the debate. Yeah. So
1: Um So Trump is at fifty, second place is DeSantis at twelve. But even that at thirty eight percent, which listen is a fucking mile, is N- narrow than it has yeah. been because that's 2% up from DeSantis. I mean this is a poll that Trump had been leading by 40 and sometimes 50% right. previously. So you had 12% DeSantis. 9% Ramaswamy which is a 1% decrease from the pre-debate. Because he's annoying. I know but it's interesting that people think that he won the debate but then when yeah. you know. Let me just,
0: just say I get it. that I, he's people awful. He's awful but also I feel like I mean this is exactly it. we're reliving the Pete Buttigieg experience in a lot of ways but yeah. like Nobody, just because you can, nobody likes the person who's really good on the debate team. No. They're fucking annoying. They're annoying. So like, it's, it makes perfect sense to me that the more visibility he has, the more his national polling numbers are going to go down, even if he's more sort of like known to, like, he had a blip while he was getting better known to Republican voters. But like, the more we hear from him, the more everyone's going to be like, oh, that guy's annoying. I can't. Yeah.
1: I agree. So we've yeah. got 50 Trump, 12 DeSantis, 9 Ramaswamy, and then you've got Pence and Haley at 7%, and that's a 4% increase for Pence. And the biggest jump was Haley's, which was a 5% increase because she was previously at 2%. So oh. she did get a little yeah. bit of a bump. But here's what I was thinking about, and I kind of hinted at it earlier. It's like, obviously, they're all losing. But these bumps, like, I'm thinking about the the last Democratic primary. And granted, that's because, like, at the time, they didn't have, like, a true front runner. I mean, I guess right. it was sort of Biden or Sanders maybe at the beginning, but it was fluid. Yeah. But, like... Remember, like, after that, one of those early debates, it may have been even the first one, where Kamala Harris did her, you know, that girl was me and told her busing story. and mm-hmm. like, took time. She jumped from, like, 0% to, like, 30%, and then she was ahead for a couple weeks. Yes. Like, we're not seeing that no, here, I know. right? Like, they're not eating into this lead. I mean, they did eat into it a little bit, but it's still 38 points. Like, yeah. nobody is, like, a 5% jump for Nikki Haley, who had a good night when you're at 2%. It's like, you're not doing anything.
0: No. No, this is, like, a, a real, I mean...
1: They're all still losing to RFK and Marianne Williamson.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is this is like a this is not a dynamic that we've seen before in these crowded Republican fields. No. So like we really have no idea how this plays out. And I think maybe it's a better dynamic than when Trump actually came out of nowhere and started dominating the field. Like I think it's it's he has so far he could fall. Yeah. But we. Like we we won't be taken by surprise by him in this kind of a situation, which I feel like is maybe to our benefit. Yeah. Because the the um the, the focus on him is oftentimes not all of that all that helpful to him. <laughs> right. Um. So I feel like the more that we see from him, the he he can only go down from here. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago as well. Like, you know, where he's starting from in this cycle really only leaves him with room to fall. Yeah. He's not going to get more popular. He's kind of ceilinged where he is. Totally. So. I feel like in a lot of ways this is like a less dangerous place for us to be than if he was like trolling around at 9% and then was about to have his surge at the wrong moment, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is what happened when he got elected. Totally. Um, but I don't, these fools are not going to be the people who can take him down.
1: No, they're, they're not. I, these are yeah. silly.
0: And the fact that, uh, like, DeSantis is basically just a lamer Donald Trump. And so the fact that he's in second right. place is like real disappointing.
1: Well, and, and that's why when you pulled Trump out of there... DeSantis was ahead even though people so, thought Ramaswamy yeah. won the debate because like those are just the Trump supporters being like well I'll just take like the ratchet version of Donald Trump yeah.
0: yeah right because he's like the clear parallel here 100%
1: Yeah. in the kiddie pool yeah
0: meanwhile I just got a Daily Beast email where the subject line is Nikki Haley is starting to look like a real threat to Trump <laughs> it's
1: 7%. get out of get out of here 43%. yeah
0: unbelievable yeah she had the biggest polling bump after the debate she From did. two to seven, <laughs> Come on, get guys. a full grip. <laughs> anyway, um, none of this dissension in the ranks means anything good for Democrats.
1: No, I mean, like, listen. There's been a lot of polling that has had this race between Trump and Biden close, and this Emerson poll has Trump ahead, forty six to forty four. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I mean, people We're, are not buying what Joe Biden is selling, and well, I, he's not I, selling I, like, anything what? currently. That's <laughs> a
0: Bidenomics. <laughs> He's, like, selling a a kitschy attempt to take, to to brand, like, a terrible economy that no one feels safe in as his.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's It's, crazy. He's selling half measures on everything, which is, you know, what he's... In a time... We're going to talk about a hilarious scheme to make just a few drugs, maybe potentially cheaper, but also maybe we don't know. Maybe not. Um, You know, I mean, he's got this new save plan for student loans, which they're touting is, like, you know, going to lower the... Cost of loans that are already too insane for like 20 million people, which is far less than half of people who have student loans. You know, what I mean, it's just like, that's what he's selling out. So, here. are so, these
0: things going to be um, anything that anyone can notice changes in their lives around? Well, certainly not
1: the drugs because they built, I mean, we'll get into this later, but they yeah. built that to where it's actually going to take. Into effect after the election. Of it's course, gonna be so, as like, always. so Donald Trump will beat him, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of prescription drugs are gonna be cheaper, and then, like, everybody's gonna be like, thank oh, God, God Donald, Donald Trump, Trump, Trump
0: guy. really got there. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Yeah, but, no, also, I feel like this is an attempt to capture the way that Obamacare went from being pejorative to being a good thing. Over time, uh, yeah, but Obamacare started as a pejorative that the Republicans were using to talk about how terrible the Affordable Care Act was going to be. And the other thing about the Affordable Care Act is a lot of people got health care from it, and the difference <laughs> between not having health care and having it is pretty drastic. Yeah, and so I feel like it was the kind of thing that once it grew, it was always gonna. And he did it at the beginning of his first term. Yeah, so it was like as all of it was, you know, as it was. Key, kicking in people were suddenly seeing benefits from it over time yeah and like it took years for it to become a good thing biden doesn't have years trying to create that magic again when it was barely magic in the first place and (laughs) was also kind of an accident (laughs) is (laughs) so (laughs) insane as a strategy
1: i know um but you know okay so that was 46 or 44 when you include cornell west it was 44 trump 39 biden four percent cornell west so he's losing either way. Interestingly, I think for third parties to get federal funding, they need five percent. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, so. so like that's has yeah. has long been a reason that Green Party members have said to vote for right. for Green. But it's interesting, and he hasn't even he hasn't kicked off his campaign. By the no. way, he's been doing like press events and stuff, but like he hasn't like he's not even. What done happens
0: it when yet. you add Joe Manchin to this setup? I know
1: I'm curious to look at that, but you know it, it's like you, you can't blame. Can't blame Cornell West when you're when you've already lost. Exactly. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. If you're already behind, him shaving off more of your margin of loss is <laughs> not doesn't do really the problem. For yeah. Well, and I got a long text from my mom earlier today, um, where I think she just had a moment where she got sick of everything. Sure. Um, and sent me a text to tell me that Joe Biden should drop out, which. I'm not against, Um, but also sent me the link to an article from 2019 that she's been hanging on to in the back of her mind this whole time. She's been thinking about this for years, and she can't be the only one, Um, which is basically about how his aides are kind of implying at this point in 2019 when he's first, you know, when he's running and there's concerns about his age starting to come up, that he would definitely only be a one-term president, that he would not try to run for re-election. And and this is something maybe you have forgotten since we have been in the Biden era for a little while now. Uh But when he was running, one of the things his campaign repeatedly implied right. was he was rescuing us from this moment. We need an old steady hand to rescue us from this moment. Right. But the implication was always that he was only going to run for one term. It was just to steady us, get us back on our That's feet, right. and then set us off back Passed on the right path.
1: to people to judge.
0: That's right. <laughs> but I mean, and I know that the Democrats famously lie about this kind of shit all the time. Nancy Pelosi was going to term herself out oh, like three 100%. terms before she actually did. Right. Um. But this this is something that you know my mom was sort of talking about it like you know a grand bait and switch and i think to some extent that is a, a sort of uh a kind of frustration that voters may not be understanding how to articulate to themselves that they are yeah. feeling where like there was you are not crazy if you th- are thinking to yourself i thought that he was only gonna run for this one time right that like, was the thing they said that repeatedly and there yeah. is an article that my mom sent me from politico all about it that was published in 2019 that is, you know, that is titled Biden Signals to AIDS that he would only serve a single term. Like, yep. this is something that was in the discussion around his presidential campaign in December of 2019, at least. Um, but so you're not crazy if you're like, no. why are we in this mess to begin with?
1: But I think the can't Biden just drop out is, uh, listen, you're yes, probably thinking <laughs> that we are crazy for suggesting it. But like, also, you know, I, I see this a lot. It's... This is what the the some of the lefties that I follow on Twitter are doing when they whenever they're sort of like you know touting Cornell West or whatever. People right. will be like, he's going to make Biden lose. Then the response is like, well, then we should have a different candidate. Right. And like they're doing it facetiously, and I sort of am to a certain degree. But like the solution here is if we have a candidate who is you know, like way underwater in their approval ratings and not catching on in any sort of way and not able to sell Bidenomics and is losing in every single poll head to head to Donald Trump and with other third party candidates. Like, it's not insane to be like, might we start rethinking this?
0: Also, there's right? a- do
1: you want to win? Like, that's the thing that Wait, we say about want to Republicans all the time. Like, maybe you don't nominate Donald Trump because like you just ultimately decide that you want to win. I would contend that maybe you don't nominate Joe Biden just because you want to win. Right? I mean, like, we did this once with Hillary Clinton, by the way. I keep reminding it. And I have even said on this podcast that a Biden term is giving me a lot of Hillary Clinton ics because we had all the signs that any thinking living human could have needed that she was not it.
0: That's right. Right?
1: And we decided Over the course of two different cycles. Right. And we went with it anyway, and we saw what happened. Yeah. And I just feel like we could be looking at the same signs right now. And have some learning from at that point, And be like, look, maybe people just don't want Joe Biden to be the president. And look, I understand as a party and as him himself, like, maybe that's sad. Sure. But also, like, are you willing to lose this for your vanity, especially to, like, fucking Donald Trump again. You people go around talking about, like, how you're so worried about saving democracy. It's like, if you're worrying about saving democracy, then what you would be doing right now is having, A, an active primary, you would be having debates, Mm -hmm. you would be looking at polls that show that you're having your ass handed to you, and those are the things that you would be doing if you were like, I'm trying to save democracy. You wouldn't be going around suing to get third parties off of, ballots. You wouldn't be doing any of the things that you're doing right now. They don't give a shit about democracy. They care about themselves. He cares about himself and their own. And yeah. their own I, I just, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: There is also, so there's this quote from this political article from 2019 that is about why he hasn't made any official promises, mm-hmm. which we know why. But it says, while the option of making a public pledge remains available, Biden has for now settled on an alternative strategy, quietly indicating that he will almost certainly not run for a second term while declining to make a promise that he and his advisors feel fear could turn him into a lame duck and sap him of his political capital. And I call bullshit on that sentence because there is no one on earth more powerful than a lame duck president. That's when you
1: go balls to the wall. You go
0: balls to the wall. If we could have had the Joe Biden of, of a lame duck term... We could have, he could have thrown anything at the wall to see what sticks. Like, a lame duck term is when you pass all the random crap that you've been too afraid will, like, sap you of political capital and ruin you politically. So great. He's, like, a million years old. He does not have a political career ahead of him. He has the leverage to go, to have gone balls to the wall three years ago. So, like, the idea that that would sap him of political capital is a bunch of complete bullshit. Yeah. And that is how you know that they're being disingenuous. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I want everyone to be a lame duck everything all the time. Yeah. Like, lame duck sessions are exhausting, it's but fun, also very we, exciting. It's
1: why we should have term limits also.
0: It's, it's why we have term limits <laughs> well, in the places right. that we do. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. You know?
0: I mean, it's why Congress should have term limits. Yes, right. But, like, it's it's why term. It's why people like term limits. Because term limited candidates get shit done. Yeah. Because they can.
1: Because they can. Yeah.
0: That's right. Um, <coughs> speaking of standing in the way of getting things done.
1: Got it. So... Gavin Newsom, we've been talking a lot about on this podcast, is just sort of like running a shadow campaign. And yeah. it seems interesting to me, but apparently just now the Biden administration seems to have taken notice and maybe don't like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what they've been paying what have, attention to for the, like the last gonna like, say, literal what have, two years. What
0: has their notice been busy with? <laughs>
1: I don't know. But there's some reporting um, from NBC News this week it's specifically this debate with DeSantis that I think has, yeah. like, gotten under people's skin a little bit because it just seems like maybe he's doing too much. <laughs> um, but apparently, like, some senior Biden advisors have complained privately that, like, that debate, which Sean Hannity is going to moderate, by the way, would make, like, people think that Newsom is running some sort of shadow campaign.
0: Well, when, they already think that, so right, it's too late.
1: <laughs> added, right. But notably, like, see, they even know that people don't want Biden. Their their yeah. concern is that they... That it would make voters think that he's running a shadow campaign during a time when most democrats say they prefer a different candidate at the yeah. top of the ticket so it's like th- they've this, the polls. this plays well with our last story that's by right the way, <laughs> in the sense yeah. that like if they know that they don't want gavin the solution to you not being wanted at the top of the ticket is not to get mad at gavin Newsom no that's it's, not the solution. No. The solution is to not be the person at the top but of the ticket. But this is
0: like <laughs> their strategy is always blame the voters. It's like they have this problem with Hillary Clinton too, where it was like voters made pretty clear that she was not a candidate that got them excited. Right. And so instead, they were just like, "You're wrong for not liking Hillary Clinton." Yeah. And it's like it doesn't matter if voters are wrong for not. It just, It actually doesn't matter if voters are right or wrong. There's there's no but moral weight. They, they feel how they feel. Yeah. You can't school voters in how they feel. Because they just feel no. how they feel. And sometimes they are irrational and you have to work with that. And you certainly that. can't
1: browbeat them into voting for you.
0: No, you certainly can't. We've
1: tried that before. We've
0: been trying it nonstop. It's a real triathlon over here. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah. And, but this is like part of their misunderstanding about how politics or how democratic politics should and could work yeah. instead of how it currently does work. Is that they seem yeah. to think that like there is some like moral rightness to their power yes and that people that the problem is people not seeing right how their, could it be
1: questioned how
0: could it be questioned and that's actually not a smart way to engage in electoral politics
1: no
0: like i'm sorry if you guys are professionals like yeah. i'm just some idiot sitting here in my kitchen but like that that is not a smart way to engage with voters because voters can do whatever they want that's right it's like dealing with toddlers yeah. you gotta what's gonna get their attention maybe shiny right. things you don't know yeah donald trump is a shiny thing that's yeah. Like, work with it.
1: Hilariously, the person that is most big mad about this is Kamala Harris. And not for the reason that you would think. Because she apparently is just upset that he seems to be probably getting out ahead of 2028 when I think that she thinks... She'll be like the, you know, the VP entering the third, like trying to put forward the third term of the, the Biden administration.
0: You know who has had more opportunity to get out ahead of 2028 than any single person on planet Earth right. up until Just now? speak in complete sentences when you go outside your home. You're already the vice president. You have a platform and an office dedicated to literally doing nothing but making you look like you're doing something. Right. That's, if we learned anything from Veep, there are no responsibilities in the vice president's office. It's a bunch of silly chaos. It's literally just like a, you know, comedy of errors at all times. And that's, she's living that truth. But like, you have a staff and a press office whose entire job is to pretend you're doing something. Right. And DeSantis wanted to debate her too,
1: by the way. And
0: look, I get
1: why as a city vice president, maybe you don't do that you know but like you know because she went down there she went down to Florida after the whole you know situation of you know Ron DeSantis demanding that Florida teachers teach children how great and wonderful slavery was and so you know then DeSantis was like well let's have a debate about it and like I get why she can't say no but like or why she can't say yes but like because she can't say yes like let Gavin Newsom go defend your policies as a like top surrogate of the party like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to like be mad at at Gavin Newsom for like going and like trying to defend you, especially when, like I just said, when we're not doing debates, yeah, when we're not do- no. like, right. nobody, how else are nobody, we supposed to advertise say, what our positions n- nobody are? Nobody else is out defending the party right now, no. you know, against all of these Republican attacks, while they have debates on national television. Also,
0: the idea that like the vice president sort of gets like a privileged place in the next primary cycle is bogus anyway. Work it. That's not actually how it's ever worked. No. And the times that it has happened, we have been disappointed with the results. Because <laughs> right. the times that it's happened, it's been like Al Gore. <laughs> no, right. You know, I, like who who won and then didn't even win. Like yeah. the vice president is so used to having no power that he didn't <laughs> even fight for his own victory that he got.
1: <laughs>
0: so like, Oof. I don't want to hear about it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, but we might have something new adding an, yet another exciting dynamic to uh, this. Shit show.
1: Yeah. No labels. They've got a convention, which that's, is hilarious. That's
0: right. A bipartisan convention. Mm, what yes. does that mean? They don't have a party. You can't be bipartisan yeah. as a non-party. Yeah. You want to know what I
1: think that they are actually like doing that I think really could, and I was thinking about this, and I feel like we've kind of said this, but I'm, I'm distilling it down further here. I think they are really doing a lot to tell voters and the American people why bipartisanship and moderateness is bad.
0: You're you're so right.
1: Right? Like imagine like being a person who like has to go to the polls and look at like a a Joe Manchin and John Huntsman ticket that has been nominated by you know, in a closed room because they don't have, they're don't right. they not having an actual primary. And they've been nominated by Joe Lieberman and Larry Hogan and right. whoever else. I mean, like, what a... And they've come out with, like, the most milquetoast policies that we've talked about before that don't actually help anyone. Like, like literally anyone. no one. Uh, like, that's... Uh, d- do more. Do more. <laughs> like, more of this, please. Yeah. There, I, like, it's just so insane. Like...
0: I've also been thinking a lot recently about, you know, I think... Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders get compared a lot for a lot of reasons. In part, they're both kind of populist figures, but they're also both New Yorkers. And I think the one thing that they have in common is that the reputation that New Yorkers have that is something that everyone in America hates New Yorkers for, but is helpful in the political realm. And I was just reading an old op-ed about this, or I read something about this recently, um, is New Yorkers are famous for straight talk. And so Mm -hmm. the thing that you have in common between a Trump campaign and a Sanders campaign is obviously not policy. And I don't yeah, think it's yeah. fair to claim that Sanders, you know, policy is dumb because he's echoing a lot of the same style of talking points as Donald Trump, because he's not doing the dumb ones like the insulting people ones. But right. populist talking points are direct and straightforward and they identify a goal. Yeah. And I feel like the reason that those are popular on both sides of the aisle is because voters respond really well to those things. Yeah. And I, this is a party of the exact opposite of that. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> like, it's like everything that is not that style of communication, which yep. as a, which is a bipartisan kind of popular yep. and, you know, is, and for reasons, like I get why people hate having New Yorkers at their Thanksgiving dinner table if they don't want to get into an argument about something, because <laughs> that's what New Yorkers love to do the most in our <laughs> lives. And I also get why, you know, in places where it's, it's, you know, why, why the conversational style of New Yorkers gets, you know. It runs I, it runs afoul of the sort of sensibilities of a lot of Midwesterners and sure. other sort of flyover people because it's based entirely on interruption. But the reason that it's so effective as a kind of political communication is because feeling like someone is being straight with you is part of what makes you trust them yeah. to kind of represent your interests in totally. a place. And I get that like both moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans do not do this and that is why everyone hates them and when they try to pretend they're doing this it comes off as disingenuous 100%. Hillary Clinton as much as she tried could never actually seem like she was straight talking to you she always seemed like she had an ulterior motive and it's because she can't grasp that style of communication she's not from a place where that style of communication is natural to her mm-hmm. and so like I can see like that that it comes across immediately as disingenuous and like this whole no labels movement slash party yeah. is Every single person who could not want who could not be straight with you even if they tried no, in like a room together that's all old white men in addition yeah. that is just them telling each other how great they are, but without any ability to articulate why or specifics as to right. what makes them, you know, good candidates. Like, totally. it's they lack the exact. It's the exact opposite, I think, of what this moment in politics should have taught us.
1: Right. Well, and it's it's also just such a lack of understanding of what they're even because, like, they they um, talked about this poll, which I just yeah. find to be the most hilarious thing that I've. Oh ever god. Read in my god, the silliest poll life, I've ever seen in my life. Because lives. they polled, and they're very proud of this, and they're using this <laughs> as like a reason to say, like, yes, we should be on the ballot, and all. 50 states because they said um we just finished a poll of 10,000 voters in eight battleground states and we gave them a choice of trump biden and a moderate independent third choice and 63 percent say that they're open to a moderate and independent third choice and my response to that is like if you gave me a choice between trump and biden and a box of hair
0: right <laughs> it's
1: like, like you're going to get 63 percent of people who are like sure box of hair yeah, 2024 right. <laughs> like it just doesn't like, obviously, nobody wants this election again, which I, w- look, I understand does play well for a third party, but this idea that, like, 63% of people were like, give me what No Labels is offering, is like,
0: no, that get is a not, hold of yourself. That's not what <laughs> that's happened not here. That's
1: not happening. No. That, that didn't happen.
0: And also, I think once you transition that, the box of hair 2024 to, like, a political figure everyone does have opinions on, and slash they well, already right, hate, I was gonna say. you... You, don't, you no longer are yeah. channeling what Box of Hair as 2024 as, offers. As soon as
1: you substitute that, as soon as you give them a choice between Trump, Biden, and Joe Manchin, it's going to be negative 63% wanting to vote for Joe Manchin.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, Box of Hair 2024 represents possibility because we don't know what Box of Hair 2024 stands, stands for. Stands for, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with no labels. We know what they stand for. They stand for nothing. Right. But, like, in an active way. Like, they actively stand for nothing. <laughs> um, in any case, speaking uh. of policies that stand for nothing... We are finally going to get to find out which right. 10 and only 10 drugs maybe won't send you into bankruptcy maybe in a few years from now.
1: Right, I know. This is like such a it's giving such Hunger Games vibes. Oh my god. I they're going to make a big announcement about it. I know. They and, and like people are like speculating Some as to which cancer 10 it victims is.
0: won't have to die poor. It's
1: so <laughs> bonkers this it's, policy. And like look, like is it good that 10 drugs will be cheaper? Better than zero drugs? Yes, right. it is. It's just so wild. We've talked about this before, about how the rollout of this is insane. Most and we in- mentioned it even in earlier in this yeah. podcast, because this is all going to go into effect when Joe Biden may not be the president anymore. Right. Um, but... You know, it's this was part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Right. They finally, Democrats have been trying to get this in some bill forever, and they finally got, a, you know, a shit version of it in in the IRA. Which is how everything um,
0: in the IRA is the shit version right, of the exactly. thing that they wanted but to it's do.
1: Basically, you know, this it's going to it seeks to make prescription drugs cheaper for Medicare and its beneficiaries by instructing um, uh, HHS um, to negotiate the prices of certain medications directly with their manufacturers. I so, e do
0: what every other country on Earth does with every drug.
1: Right, with every drug, but also those countries are also just offering free healthcare to their people anyway, so, like, who's keeping track? That's right. (laughs) Um, So it's bizarre that we're going to get, like, 10, and they're, like, phased out, too. I mean, we're not even going to get all 10 at the same time, I don't think. That's my understanding, anyway. Yeah,
0: well, because they have to complete the negotiations for each drug. Yeah, there's going to be,
1: like, And we don't know
0: if the the negotiations are going to work.
1: Well, that's what I know. Like, what happens at the end of the negotiations are, like... The um, if there's no agreement, which I could see there not being, then I, the government. If I go-
0: were big pharma, I would be like, I'm right. holding out forever. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, and also big pharma is trying to take them to court of course. right now because, of course, they are. Yeah, um, but if the negotiations don't lead to agreement, then the government will make a final offer for what it considers the drug's maximum fair price. At which point, the manufacturers can either accept the price. Or refuse it and pay financial penalties. And they have trillions of dollars. So like, right.
0: Why they'll they? probably just
1: like pay a financial penalty. Or they could withdraw from selling drugs to Medicare and other public programs, which they could certainly do. I mean, like... Especially because there's... these
0: are drugs that people have to have regardless. That's the thing is like... The reason that you want to socialize this process entirely, the reason you don't want to leave room for big pharma to determine what the terms of the debate are, is because people have to use these drugs anyway.
1: Right, and also, like, if you only do it to 10 drugs, like, the other reason to socialize it, too, is that, like, what's, you just jack up the price of the other drugs to make up for the cost that you're not, like, these are giant drug makers. Well, I was thinking in particular,
0: like, we have a list of the drugs they think it's going to be. Well, well, let's read them. But first, one of these drugs is an asthma drug that I have been on in the past. It is one of a whole bunch of corticosteroids that work differently for different people. So you kind of like do some trial and error to find the one that works best for you. And so if just Simbacort gets cheaper and all of the other corticosteroids, the ones that control my asthma, get more expensive, then what is that? Is that success for this program? I don't know, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, like what if you're, it's a real, be a real kick in the pants if you uh, have asthma and Simbicort right. is really cheap, but it doesn't work for you, and the other ones are expensive just because they're not on the because they're not Symbicor, hunger, The right. games list of exactly. uh, ten drugs that won't make you poor.
0: Yeah, so like <laughs> this is also just kind of crazy in general because a lot of these are cancer drugs, and yeah. you know that's also something where it has to be like a highly tailored treatment to your cancer and your situation. Yeah, one of them I
1: think is like a blood cancer drug.
0: Yeah, like which like
1: g- great. Like I don't again we, I don't want to diminish people like, These should get drugs treatment being for cheaper, blood right? cancers,
0: 100%. of course. But I mean like the and. And this also doesn't call into effect or it doesn't take into consideration the way in which non-Medicare federal programs also have to cover the cost of a lot sure, of these right. other drugs. Right, so if like, you use other it's crazy. programs. I but this would not this is not gonna change the cost, I don't think, of drugs under the World Trade Center Health Program. Right. They have a list of preferred drugs in that program that also is sometimes a drug that doesn't really work that well for you right. and you end up having to get into an argument with them about it. But like if this just raises the cost of all of the other drugs that they have to cover because, you know, because Simbcorp doesn't work for you, then like, is the federal government saving money? Who can say?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: But also, as the federal government, your power is in regulatory work. Your power is in right. regulating this industry. It's not you. It, it's not negotiating individually I was say, with tell t- bullshit. Tell them how much they can charge for tell it. Tell them how much they can <laughs> charge for it. Thank you. They're gonna. You're gonna let them sue and tra- yeah. You're gonna and charge it. them penalties. They'll and never if, pay. And, Fuck off. And if you're thinking
1: that we can't do that, we do do that. Yeah, of course. We d- just in this, we've we've capped insulin. Exactly. We've, ca- we've we've capped the cost of drugs. We make so we the can laws. Do this. We can do anything. We can do this.
0: Yeah. Um. Exactly. So the drugs are. And this is a list of some of the great nonsense words in all of history uh, yeah, too. for sure. Um. Januvia, which is a type two diabetes drug. Um. Eliquis and Xarelto, which yeah. are blood thinners. Uh. Imbruvica, a cancer mm-hmm. drug. Mm-hmm. Jardiance, which you've, got to mm-hmm. have seen a commercial for. Yeah, for sure. I get them all the time. It's for heart failure. Um, Inebral, which is a rheumatoid arthritis drug. Yeah. Simbacort, which is an asthma mm-hmm. corticosteroid. Um, Ibrance, which is a breast cancer drug. Extandi, S- I think. Maybe, you probably pronounce it. Yeah. With,
1: pr- pronounce the X. Yeah. Like, like A prostate like
0: cancer drug. And Breoellipta, which is a Pulmonary. COPD drug of some sort. Um, first of all, the fact that all of these drugs are brand name. Well, what... Is you wild could, to me. You
1: could bring the price down to a reasonable price if you literally just told them that they had to stop making television commercials for these.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, I have seen commercials for any of these drugs, the fact that I have been moved off of, like, Simbacort, the reason that I got off of it the first time was because it got, it stopped being covered because a generic of another uh, corticosteroid oh, yeah. came into it. Like, I, but the, like, these are, like to pick 10 specific drugs for common conditions that have tons of patented drugs still as part of the, patented drugs still as part of their like is such a wild yeah twist but also it allows the it allows big pharma to pick in to pick off the problem yeah like 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 we're saying if if you just have a law about it that applies to all drugs generic and under still under patent yeah then you have successfully regulated in Your role as government.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. That's um, it's too bad that, you know, Big Pharma could be asked to stop making television commercials for their drugs. But also, that was not a thing until the 90s, so they will survive. It's yeah. too bad that Big Pharma might not be able to rake in the kind of money that allows them to just... Pay, you know, pay their CEOs zillions of dollars, <laughs> yes. and then not, you know, not be responsive to any of yeah. the criticisms of the, or, you know, that about their ethical behavior. Yeah. But that's life in the fast lane. Somehow, <laughs> big pharma is still operating in Europe, and in Europe, countries can negotiate the prices of these every drugs, drug. and they do it for every drug because yeah. they are national healthcare systems. Yeah. It is just such a wild and <sighs> insane. And also another thing that I feel like gets misunderstood about the way the pharmaceutical industry works. I think there is this line that big pharma uses that's like, we innovate in America because that's where all of the, you know, this because the, we have this. this, is this thing freedom, that Republicans,
1: even I didn't even pull it from the article I, that I was pulling all this information, but that was the thing that was like, the whole section about like how people are just like really scared that we're not going to have any innovation yeah. and nobody's going to do R and D and nobody. It's like, I want to be clear
0: that a lot of pharma R and D happens abroad, a lot of it. Oh, I'm sure I, it does. There are a lot of very innovative companies in South Africa. Sure, There are a lot of European companies that innovate. These are all companies that exist in systems where the government can negotiate the price of their yeah. drugs. Like I, the idea that we have to suffer uniquely in America so that the whole world can have blood thinners is yeah. wrongheaded <laughs> and agree. insane. And yeah. it is not that America invents all of the drugs. They do not. They do not. Yeah. I know that for sure. So. That's that's. Don't let that argument fool you. Yeah, is agreed. all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but also, this can't be the best that we can do, and yet it is the best that we've done in decades. So I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> right. um, let's talk about Russia. Oh sure. We don't, as you know, normally go on about yeah, we don't international talk about news, much. but there was some exciting, exciting Russian news. Sure. In that, well, so there's some
1: a totally accidental plane crash. A crash.
0: totally accidental and definitely. 100% real in every way plane crash. I mean, listen, the plane crash, I'm sure, was real. Um, but the fact that Evgeny Prigozhin, the head of Wagner Group, died theoretically in that plane crash, but the fact that we also can't confirm that he died and also don't really know what happened, and also, um, you know, we got statements from Putin about what a terrible tragedy it was, but also, I... And like, I, because we can't confirm he's actually dead or was actually on the plane days later, yeah. I'm sort of like, is he dead? Do we know anything? So what this seems like is a lot of excitement that has no definitive answers or in any <laughs> yeah. way a definitive outcome. Yeah. Um, but theoretically, Evgeny Purgosian is dead. So sure. I guess the head of our world's favorite mercenary army <laughs> is... Uh,
1: well, he tried to start a coup. So like...
0: Yeah. But he would be dead. Remember how that coup ended? I
1: know it was weird. Who can know what's going on?
0: Who there? can know what's going on? And it's, also, it's peak Russia. It's very peak Russia. And one thing that I know, as a person who's not a spy, is that if I have just attempted a coup against a former KGB officer slash autocrat in Russia and failed, I'm not getting in an airplane for a while. <laughs> I'm just not getting into the sky. Hello? I'm not gonna get. I'm not going into the sky. No. So like. Is he, is Progosion also maybe someone who would know not to go into the sky? Like, I would think he would know. be.
1: I'm, did if he, I'm did he not see Navalny?
0: Exactly. <laughs> if I'm Purgosian, though, I'm also faking my own death immediately. So, like, in that sense, oh, sure. I have oh, a right. lot of conspiracy theories about what happened here. None of them informed. None sure. of them based on facts. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but no one knows what happened. So that has left room for conspiracy. Yeah. And also, there's no problem with me having conspiracy about this because it isn't an issue that I have... Anything to do with so.
1: no? I just pedal whatever you want.
0: I'm pedaling. If I'm Yevgeny Prigozhin and I've been trained by Putin, uh
1: huh, and you're alive, and
0: I'm live, <laughs> what I'm doing is pretending to be dead. My life is going to be
1: much better if you're dead. So
0: much easier <laughs> if it's if you're dead. Yeah, I am immediately faking my own death. I'm moving to somewhere where no one will recognize me. But luckily, no one really knows what Yevgeny Prigozhin looks like. He's just some random Russian guy. Like it's yeah. Um, I am going. You know, felt like going to Denmark. Just roaming around Denmark. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm taking my money with me, but not taking the responsibilities of running Wagner Group with me. Yeah. And I'm just gonna have a quiet <laughs> life in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. eating at you know Michelin starred restaurants and enjoying you know a, a swim in the in the water. Yeah, whatever. There. You know, just swim in like, the water. It, you <laughs> can swim in yeah. the water there.
1: For, a cold plunge. A
0: cold. Plunge. You can swim in the summer in there like like you know Copenhagen is like on a body oh. of water, you know, it's like on a, it's a on like sea the, a form? sea of some sort, and you can swim in it even though it's like in the city, like you can oh just my. jump from the city into the water and it's clean. Oh, I love that. That's very Scandi yeah, of them to be sure. doing that. Yeah. Um, but in any case, my point is, <clears throat> I'm leaving town if I'm Purgosian, I'm faking my own death, sure. and if I'm Purgosian, I don't care if 10 randos die in a plane crash because I'm evil. Right. So, You've-
1: you know. It killed far more than that exactly your own you
0: literally run a mercenary army like <laughs> you're not afraid of innocent victims and your crimes yeah for um sure. and I'm disappearing so and I'm enjoying the vanity of being on the front page of every newspaper for a day and then oh, I'm yeah. disappearing from life yeah so that's you know do. I don't know what I hope happened because I don't wish him well <laughs> no and I don't wish Putin well so I don't know what to think about any of this but um, I have conspiracies, is what I'm saying. And then the other big international news that happened since we last recorded is they had the 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 BRICS, or the, are they a council? Are they a? It was a I summit, right? The yeah, BRICS sure. summit happened, yeah. um, which is sort of like meant to be an alternative to like a Western-led. You know,
1: like a G seven, a G seven of non Western nations. Yeah, who's
0: there? Who's at that? Um, It's like it was held in South Africa. It's a lot of like, um, I think Egypt. You know, China is the sort of big name. Russia's involved, and their big plan is to have like an alternative currency to like Uh, the euro or the dollar. dollar They never actually get to that. The only thing that there really is to report from this is BRICS is heavily reliant on China's power, but China's economy is flagging right now, so it's kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of what was supposed to happen was China and um, Russia were supposed to get together and like plot how they yeah, were going to take sure. over the world. But yeah. Vladimir Putin cannot travel to South Africa because he is wanted for war crimes in <laughs> Ukraine by the International Criminal Court, which, though that is a Western institution, South Africa didn't really want to get in the middle of. Yeah. And so basically, if he had gone to the BRICS, uh, meeting, he would have been arrested for war crimes. So sadly, <laughs> a meeting between President Xi and Putin could not occur. I feel like they
1: could do that on their own time. That's. Anywhere yeah. they want to.
0: Exactly. And,
1: yeah. and probably are.
0: At, for sure.
1: Probably have a standing meeting.
0: I would imagine. Yeah. If I'm a dictator like yeah. Vladimir Putin, I'm setting meetings with <laughs> other world leaders mm-hmm. anytime I want. Yeah. Um So <clears throat> that's the news aside from one,
1: oh my. important
0: God. news story that we. The Did Minnesota
1: mention, uh, delegation of congressional is women is out of was control right now. Doing too much, like keep it in your pants, ladies. It,
0: this so the Minnesota, Minnesota State Fair was happening. Yeah, it's State Fair season. You know, yeah, and Minnesota is one of those states that thinks it has like a really important State Fair. Mm-hmm. So you know, everyone everyone in the Minnesota political scene went. Yeah, you go. Um, and they were trying to get the Trump mugshot out of the news cycle, and so it started with Amy Klobuchar. Amy
1: Klobuchar, and then she said, hot tip.
0: That's right. Then Ilhan Omar shows up, uh-huh. and then, was it Tina Smith or somebody? Started? Tina
1: Smith was the one that we really did talk about. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, just taking pictures with Burley Fireman. The fireman. The they must had a booth
1: somewhere. Obviously. So, Klobuchar shows up, hot tip, get your pictures taken with the fireman. Ilhan Omar was like, thanks for the tip. And then Tina Smith is being carried by them.
0: Out, Get out of here.
1: She's lifted up. In a very awkward pose. It
0: was very awkward. By
1: some burly firemen.
0: Yeah. No, the whole thing... It was weird. Everyone calmed down, first of all. Yeah. If you're at a state fair, take a picture with a corn dog. You know, yeah. some kind of classic... This, this, the, the one-upsmanship that we were witnessing yeah. with these ladies. It's like... It calm. also just felt like a little icky. It felt very icky. Yeah. And it's not what I think of when I think of Minnesota State Fair. Sure. I think of a more wholesome photo op than that. Sure. You know, it's not the Iowa State Fair, which is a political no. scene. You know. Minnesota right. State Fair, much less interesting politically. Sure. Um, so I imagine I don't know, you're like eating some corn or you're, De- like, you're definitely eating corn. You know, corn. you're do what's so you're eating whatever Fried things funnel cake or whatever, you know, yeah. you're on a you're on a Ferris wheel, whatever silly state yeah. fair stuff people you have you're near a cow or a pig or something, yeah. you know, whatever. But like, this is not
1: you don't need to be, like, jumping the bones of the fire
0: people. No, no. It was it was weird. It was weird. So we leave you with that. Um, we'll be back next week to tell you about, I assume, other stuff. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully.
1: I'll be unemployed at the time.
0: That's right. Brent will be unemployed.
1: In the recording of this next podcast. That's
0: right. He will be f- a free agent in the world. So
1: if you've got any if, work for me. If, you, if you've got any work,
0: <laughs> give him a call. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.